Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. The study of Romans chapter 7. And then when he rose again, and notice that in verse 4b, that ye should be married to another. You see, in Adam, in the old nature, we were married in relationship to Adam. In the new nature, we have a relationship to the second man, the last Adam, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah. So we are now in affiliation, in connection with him, and no longer in connection with Adam. And that's why he said that we should be married to another, even unto him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. You see, the works of the flesh, like we have in Galatians 5, it's become works. There's no fruit for God. You can see it so clearly in religion today. Emptiness. Religion, put this on, put this off, do this and do this, put all kind of pictures and all kind of icons and all kind of symbols and all kind of things and religiosity, empty, empty. I've seen it in many church buildings as I've been traveling in the last 17 days. All kind of crucifix and pictures and icons and all kind of ways of doing things that is so empty. It's not from the Lord. It's from the old nature. And because people, even Christians, especially Christians, especially believers, don't recognize our relationship to the law and to any laws, that's why we have certain, we fail actually to live spiritual life in the power of the Holy Spirit. But we try to do that in the energy of the flesh with all kind of rules and regulations. And so Paul is saying, listen, we die to the law. The Lord condemned us, we died to the Lord when we trusted the Messiah. And he ended in verse 4 when he said, He was raised from the dead that we should bring forth fruit. God want fruit. You will notice if you read Galatians chapter 5, where it says, when it talks about the flesh, it calls it works. When it talks about the Spirit, it calls it fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Because the Spirit of God is producing it in the heart of the believer. And so that's what Paul is saying in Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23. Now, in verse 5 of Romans 7, he continues and he's saying, Before we trusted in the Messiah... The law revealed to us our sinful nature and practices. Look, verse 5. When we were in the flesh, that means that before we were saved, as in unsaved state, the law or the motion of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. You see what the law was doing? The law, as it says here, the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit or works unto death. See, we were, the flesh tries to kind of, you know, the rules, the law has dominion, so we are to obey those rules. But what the law showed us, that it brought about in us 
that which led us, as it said in verse 5, unto death. The more rules we had, and the more rules we tried to obey them, it shows us the nature that we had, and we fail every time. And so, verses 4 and 5, Paul makes an application, and he shows us that we die to the Lord. Not that the Lord died, but that we, who became believers in Yeshua, that we died unto the law. And that is important for us to understand. In the next verses now, actually verse 6, Paul shows us that we are delivered from the law. Look, verse 6. But now, we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Verse 6 Before we trusted in the Messiah, you see, the law cannot have authority over the dead person because we died. God's word is written in our hearts now and no longer merely on stones. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians for a moment, chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the first three verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as in other epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? He's writing to the Corinthian. You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistles of the Messiah, ministering by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stones, but in fleshly tables of the heart. You see, in verse 6, we learn that we are delivered from the law. The law cannot have authority over a dead person. And that's why in verse 6, we've been delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, we should now serve in newness of spirit, and not with the oldness of a letter. What he has a reference, of course, to the letter, thou shall, thou shall not, thou shall. Brothers and sisters, it's just like having a sign on the grass that says, don't step on the grass. And what is the next thing that we try to do? We put our feet, touch the grass, because it says, don't do that. The old nature wants to do what we are told not to do. And that's what he's showing to us as believers. Remember, he does not say here that the law is bad. You'll see it in a moment. God's law is pure and perfect and holy and spiritual. But we have a problem because we have an old nature which is sinful. That's why people make so much mistakes when they try to get saved by keeping the law. And others say they're trying to please God by keeping the law. God does not want us to please Him on a basis of that which had been written in a letter. He wants us to please Him from the heart in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He knows we cannot obey Him by nature. When He says, don't do it, we do it. That's why most of us, I'm sorry to say, in fact I'll say all of us, are most of the time in Romans 7, struggling all the time. 
I should do this, I shouldn't do that. He did this, I shouldn't do that. We always seem to give, we actually give each other a law. We look at each other and we say, look what she did. And look what he did. I would never do that. And then later on we find out that we have done the very same thing that we told the other not to do. We fail in that very much. Very same thing, we have failed in it. And that's why in the first six verses, Paul teaching us what is the authority of the law over the believer. We are not under law, but under grace, Romans 6 and verse 14. And that's how we need the same grace that save us. We need the same grace to lead us. The same Holy Spirit of God who moved our heart to accept the Messiah is the same Holy Spirit of God that we need to move us to live the life of the believer. And so in the first six verses, Paul shows us the authority that the law has. And as long that man is alive, the principle of law has authority over man. The whole universe is based in such a way. But the believer need to realize that we actually got married to another. That we died, we died with the Messiah, and we are dead now to the law, but we are alive with Messiah, with Yeshua, to live unto God. And so, the first six verses deal with the authority of the law. Now let's move to verse 7. From verse 7 to verse 13, we find out now what is the purpose of the law. <laughs> this is amazing. This is really amazing. Here Paul is showing to us, and by the way, if there was anybody who knew the law, is the Apostle Paul. Don't forget, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was born when he grew up in a family, and his family, he grew up as a zealous man for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he very well knew what was the law is all about. He actually, by the way, wanted to kill the first century believers because they have violated the law, according to him, by believing that Yeshua was the Messiah. He knew the law. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, what he claimed about himself in the book of Philippians. And look what he's teaching us here. These are such an important document. The book of Romans, in Romans chapter 7 also. In verses 7 to 13, he gives us the teaching concerning the purpose of the law. What the law serves. What is the purpose of the law and what does it teach us? And so, I begin first of all in verse 7. The purpose of the law is, number one, to reveal sin. Do you know that the law was given in order to show sin? To show that you and I are sinners? Verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? He says, God forbid. Nay, he says, no, I did not know sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law said, you shall not covet. If you read carefully Exodus chapter 20 again, you notice that the last commandment that we have in that Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet. It is the last one. And that word thou shalt not covet has to do with the internal, with the heart and the conscience of men, not so much with the external. See where it says you shall not murder is something we do on the outside. We shall not steal is something we do on the outside with our hands. You shall obey your parents, remember the Shabbat. All these are things that we are to do on the outside, externally. But here he says, listen, what shall we say? Is the law sin? God forbid. He says, no, I did not know sin, but by the law. 
It is the law that revealed to me that I am a sinner and there is sin in me. It is the very same rules of God. And it says, thou shalt not covet. I did not know what lust is, except the law said, I should not covet. I should not lust. And all beloved brothers and sisters, isn't it true for us now, even we're speaking as believers, how many things we covet and lust for that is in our hearts, even if nobody see it and nobody knows about it. But if you are true to the Lord in your own conscience and heart, and you just realize, Lord, how many times I've coveted and I've lusted after things that you do not want me to covet and lust for. Even that which belonged to me. Remember the rich young ruler who came to the Lord in Mark chapter 10? And he said, what shall I do that I will inherit eternal life? And the Lord said to him, do this and this and this. He said, all this I've done for my youth, he said. Then he said to him, so you know, I've done this. He said, okay. He says, give all your goods to the poor and follow me. And you know what he did? He didn't want it. He walked away. He was sorrowful. He didn't want to follow the Lord. He didn't want to give all his goods. Now the Lord will tell you to give all your goods to the poor. Will you give it? If the Lord would tell you, you give everything you have to the poor, follow me. You know, we lust even after the things that already we have. You see what we learn here, that lesson. He lusted, he coveted after that which is already even his. It's still, according to the Bible, is coveting and lusting. You see what we learn here, beloved brothers and sisters, that the law, the purpose of the law is to reveal sin in our life. The law reveals how dirty and sinful we are. And that's the truth. And had we have been under the law and no longer under grace or not under grace, the law only kills us, judge us, condemn us, reveal the reality that is existing in our hearts. So the thought in Mark chapter 10 verses 17 to 27 is that story of this rich young ruler there. And so the law reveals how sinful we are. You remember what we read in Romans 3 and verse 20? Wherefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans 3 and verse 20. Do you know that the law, by the law, there is the knowledge of sin? Romans 3 and verse 20. In Romans 4 and verse 15, we read this. Because the law works wrath. The law works wrath for where no law is, there is no transgression. In other words, if you don't have any law, there is no, anything that you do does not seem to be wrong because there is no rules. But the moment there is a rule, there is a law, and the law said don't do that or do this, and you don't do what you're supposed to do, it reveals sin. It reveals you're wrong. That's what the law did. That's what the law does. So the purpose of the ministry of the law is, number one, to reveal sin. Let's say if we're going to make a rule here for our fellowship, everyone has to be here at 12 o'clock. And one of us come at 12.05. What it will show you? You're wrong. We said 12, didn't we? You came 12.05. You're late. You're wrong. See what I mean? Every rule that we make and we don't abide by it, it revealed to us our failure or our shortcoming. That's what the Lord does. It reveals to us how wrong we are. If you are parents, you tell your children, I want you to be at 9 o'clock at home. 9.05, your boy come home or your daughter coming home. I told you, you're supposed to be here at 9 o'clock. And you didn't obey the rules, the law that I gave you. You failed in that. And what is coming, the consequence, you know what I mean? You got to give them some sort of discipline. 
There's a punishment, there's consequences. So the law, what it reveals sin in us, and then it condemns us. Shows us that we are wrong and punishes us. Well, look at the next verse. In verses 8 and 9, not only did the law reveal sin, verses 8 and 9, the law bring about sin in our life. You and I think that the law is given to us so we will live a perfect life. Look what it does in verse 8 and 9. It re- the law arouses sin in us. It says in verse 8, But sin taking occasion by the commandment, or sin holding or ceasing the opportunity by the commandment, this is by the law, by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of desires, for without the law sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandments came, sin revived and I died. You see, every time when we look back at this, the law, not only that it reveals sins, but the law arising, arouses sin in us. Because if we don't have the law, we don't have any of these urges to do that which we haven't been told not to do or what we should do. But here, according to verses 8 and 9, sin, and that word for sin is sin nature. The sin nature ceasing the opportunity by the commandment. Because we have a sinful nature. It takes the opportunity when it's something, somebody said us not to do it. The sin nature wants to do that. It's a rousing desire to do the wrong. That which were told us not to do, it's arousing in us. It wrote in me all manner of desires. By the way, even if we haven't done it, but the desires come from the heart. You know, the law said thou shalt not lust. But the desire in my heart is to lust. The sin nature says, I'm lusting after something. For without the law, sin was dead. You see, if we don't have a law or rule, you know, if you lust or if you covet or something like that, there's no rule. So it, it seems to be okay. It's part of nature. But when the law came and said, don't do that, and the lust comes out, it arising in us, this desire. Verse 9 says, for I was alive without the law. Once, that's before the law came. When the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Sin revived. The commandment revealed that sin, and the commandment judged me, and I died. That's what we learn here about the law. Notice in the next verses, the law not only reveals sin, the law not only arouses sin, but the Lord also kills. In verse 9 and 10, it says in verse 9, For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And then verse 10, And the law or the commandment which was ordained to life... I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it, it slew me. See, Paul is showing to us that the commandment which were ordained for life, you know, the commandment, the laws of God was given in order for us to live right, to give us a good, healthy, godly life. But what happened, because of the sin nature, What happened, the law which was ordained to give us life, become to us, or become to me, as Paul said, I found to be unto death. It slew me. It killed me. The same holy and righteous laws of God end up slaying me, killing me, because I have a sin nature. That's what Paul is teaching us about this. Now, I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 3 for a moment. There's a verse that Paul deals with the law also in Galatians. In chapter 3, in verse 21, Paul says this. I'll read actually verse 19 also. 19, 20, and 21. Galatians 3. 
Well, why then, or for what purpose the law serves? It was added, notice, it was added because of sin, because of transgression, until the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, Verily, righteousness should have been by the law. See, Paul is saying in Galatians 3 verse 21 that if there was a law that could have given life to men, then to become justified, to become righteous would have been by the law. But the law was not given in order for men to become just and righteous. The law was given to reveal sin in us. The law was given in order to arouse in us, to show us the sin nature, which will drive us to Yeshua, the Messiah, the one who died, so we will not receive the punishment that we deserve because of our sins. The law ended up to kill us rather than to give us life. That's what we learn here. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, one more thing about the law back in Romans chapter 7, verses 12 and 13. The four things that the law was given for, the purpose of the law, the fourth thing, the law shows us the sinfulness of sin. That's what the law shows us, how sinful sin really is. In verses 12 and 13 of Romans 7, wherefore the law is holy. And, as he says here, the law is just and good. Was then that which is good made unto me death? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. See, the fourth thing that we learn from these verses about the purpose of the law is that the law shows us how sinful sin really is. You know, you and I might not measure things the way God measures, and we certainly don't. But when God looks at our sins via His law, His high and holy and spiritual law that he had given unto men, the good, the holy, the just, the good law that he had given to men, it revealed how sinful sin really is. The more you look at God's standard and you look at human standard, you see how different it is. God is pure and holy. We are exceedingly sinful. And that's why those two verses, 12 and 13, God's law is just and good. Paul emphasized the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. You see, he doesn't knock down the law. Never. God's law is perfect and holy. But what he wants to show men, he wants to show us, by the way, here he's talking to believers. He's not talking to unbelievers. The unbelievers, first of all, need to have their sins forgiven and to become part of the body of Messiah. He's talking to us as believers, we who have already received the forgiveness of God. We have already received the grace of God. It is to us he's dealing with how do we live our lives as believers. Do we try to live the life of the believer in the power of law-keeping and rules? Or do we try to live the life of the believer in the power of the Holy Spirit of God? That's the question. And you and I have those two problems. 
The one side we say, we are children of God, we can live as we please, we don't need to judge ourselves, we don't need to confess our wrong, because God is gracious, you see, He forgave our sins and He's going to forgive all our sins, we can carry on. That's the one side. Romans chapter 6 dealt with it. In Romans chapter 7 is the other side, the other group of people who said, I've been saved by grace, but I can live the Christian life, the believer's life, on a basis of the law. And here he shows us, listen, you're going to live the life of the believer on the basis of the law? Let me tell you what the law is saying. The law reveals sin in you. The law is arousing sin in you. The law kills you and the law shows how sinful your sins are and my sins are. That's what the law does. And so verse 13 he says, What then? That which is good was made unto us? He says, Death. He says, Was then that which is good made unto me death? He says, God forbid, but sin, it's not the law. It is the sin and the sin nature the sin that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the law, by the commandment, might become exceedingly sinful. You see, the more we look at God's requirement for men, the more it shows us God I am a sinful man. I cannot please you on a basis of law keeping. But God, help me. Drive me to the Lord. Help me with the Spirit of God to be strengthened and to do things that are pleasing to you. Don't allow me to fall into these old ways of trying to keep rules of men. Rules with the strength of the flesh. God, help me. And it revealed to us how sin is so sinful. Is so sinful. That's what the Lord does. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul gave us three things in Romans chapter 7 to help us to live the life of the believer. Number one, he showed us in the first few verses, he shows us, he explained to us what the law is. In verses 7 to 13, he shows us what is the ministry of the law for us. And then in verses 14 to 25, he will show us, and we're going to talk about it next time, the inability of the law. What the law cannot do for the old man, for the old nature. What the law cannot do for the old nature. And we're going to leave that for our next uh, meeting uh, together. Well, I trust that we got some glimpse about the law in relationship to the believer. And may the Lord help us to see how oftentimes we need to move on in our life, in our experiences into Romans chapter 8. We're going to get to it. The life of the believer needs to be lived not on the basis of law keeping, but on the basis of the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God. May the Lord help us to live so and to do so for his own glory and for our own blessing. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. 
You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.